coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. They may have a vision or an idea, but bigger than that, it's just that belief in themselves, Mm -hmm. that belief that, you know what, could I really do this? Could I really, really pull this off? And, and, and I knew for years that, that God had a special call and that it was going to be speaking, but I was terrified, (laughs) terrified of it. (laughs) And so, oh my, it was awful. I could tell you stories. It was awful. And so, but you know what, still, there was something inside of me that was much bigger and it was really, you know, one of my favorite, I, I like to tell people, it's not who you believe in that changes your life forever, but who believes in you. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by people who believed in me. And I'm so grateful for that. Not that you have to have that, but I highly encourage you yeah, yeah. <laughs> to that core group of people is huge, you know, but I think the biggest one is just the belief Mm-hmm. And, and the way that I love to encourage people, because that biggest gap that we have in all our lives is that gap between knowing and doing, yeah. you know, and just executing and taking a step and that I liked to home in on those. And so I share those strategies with everyone because that's, what's going to help you cross that threshold of fear, because the biggest enemies of your life and my life are procrastination perfectionism and comparison. Mm -hmm. And if we don't go after them with a vengeance, when all those thoughts come in our head, I mean, they'll abort our dreams before we get started. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Tanya Telesco, who is one of the founders of Telesco Leadership. Tanya and I really started to geek out today on how to basically get out of your own way, more or less. You know, so many of us put up barriers, excuses, walls as to why something can't happen or this isn't going to work or, you know, we we just need to get past all of that and just start moving forward. And, And Tanya has a number of frameworks that we talk about, a number of different questions that you can ask yourself, you know, does this align with what I ultimately want to do? Is this going to help me move closer toward whatever that thing is that I feel like I need to do in my life. So it was a great, great conversation. We, we cover a lot of different topics on, you know, we, we talk about core values. We talk about how that implements or integrates into our own lives and how we need to use that knowledge to be able to help guide us in, in creating the life that we are supposed to be living. So to sum all of that up, really this episode focuses in on a path that there is a path that you can take to identify whether or not you are on your right path. Are you doing what is 
congruent with what you are here and supposed to do. Tanya is an expert at leading and guiding people down that path to determine, you know, where are your blockers? Uh, you know, is this path the right path for you? So if you're questioning any of that, if you are questioning whether or not you should be doing something, this is an episode that you're going to, going to want to tune into because you're going to get some of those those insights and, and techniques from this. So with all of that, I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce. Wow, that's a great question. You know what? It was a little bit crazy because there was four of us, Matt. <laughs> cool. So and we were always, I'm the oldest of four. I have a, a sister that's 13 months younger and then two, a brother and a sister that are nine and 10 years younger. So there's a little okay. bit of gap. Yep. But you know what? I have to say, our dinner table was awesome. Of course, we had the normal spits and spats of any family, but mom was a full-time mom when we were there. And I don't mm-hmm. think I ever appreciated that to the level that I do now. And mm-hmm. so Southern cooking, fried chicken, meatloaf, yeah. <laughs> all the, all the Southern food, because we're here in Texas, but and both of my, uh, both of my parents were ministers. So, you know what, there was just some solid foundations that were laid in those moments together and, yeah. um, whoever cooked didn't do the dishes. So okay. that was one of the Good things that always happened there. before and after. Yeah, yeah. A little tradition, yeah. but I have to say overall, it was peaceful. It was probably more, most of my family, no, it's about half and half, half are outgoing or and half are very reserved. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure those outgoing ones probably manipulated more the conversations, yeah. but good memories. Absolutely cool. great memories. Very cool. And, and with both your parents being ministers, obviously there's a, a certain level of entrepreneurialism that you probably were exposed to, you know, from them li- living their lives and leading, mm-hmm. you know, each of their, their churches in that. Would you agree yeah. with that? Is that kind of where you got some of the initial, I guess, influences to become an entrepreneur, would you say? Oh, goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of in a nutshell, uh, when they kind of jumped into their faith and went all in, Matt, it was like, I think what I honored the most about that was they didn't just dip their toe in the water. I mean, they were all in. So, you know, they were dreaming big and, and doing big and small. And what that looked like, they ended up starting a school and had a little uh, country church that was across the street. And then during that period of time, my mom also became a midwife when they were even unheard of in the state of Texas. So she delivered over a thousand babies within wow. her 20 years of practice. Wow. And talk about pioneering when there was maybe two or three in the whole state here. Yeah. So that's just a small taste, but their mom, mom is a pioneer. She was a professional. She was Miss Rodeo Fort Worth. She was a oh, trick wow. rider. Yeah. She was a professional photographer. She got her airlines. She flew planes. She became a pastor and a midwife. So very much so that was lived right in front of me. So yeah. very, very inspiring. I love yeah. it. I love it. And, and we'll get to what you're doing today in a few minutes, but Obviously, you know, you, you've, you've been exposed to a lot of different entrepreneurs, a lot of different types of people in all, all areas of life, right? You know, in all, yeah. I guess, facets of business or, or evolution of their own business. Mm-hmm. Do you often see, and I, I, maybe you don't even know the answer to this, but do you often see that people that grow up in similar types of situations like you did, maybe had a parent that was, mm-hmm. again, out there doing their own thing, mm-hmm. do you often see that they 
you know, do seem to follow the same type of tendency to, to, to go out and, you know, try to do their own thing? Does that, do you ever get involved you know, in any of that, any of those stories? I do. I think, you know, I think, you know, only because I teach on this, I understand that certain traits of certain kind of personalities are much, probably have a more tendency to take some risk. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a huge thing that you have to really embrace when you step into, you know, being an entrepreneur or pursuing those dreams in your heart is you're just going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable and scary that you're not going to know the outcome. I think for myself, one of my favorite quotes is that people need demonstration more than they need instruction. Mm -hmm. And so that was lived in front of me. So I, I, absolutely have to say that that's probably a huge kids growing up in that environment atmosphere and be encouraged to go for it no matter what that that is going to be very cultivating so I know it was for me I know it was for me I don't think there was one (laughs) Matt I came to my parents with some crazy ideas (laughs) and I don't think there was ever one day that I ever said I don't think you're up to it or that you can't do it now had I wished that they would probably stop me (laughs) Because I went, I remember when I was younger, Matt, I remember before I left for college, pulling out the phone book, when we yeah. had the paper phone books that had yeah. yellow pages. Now, for some people, they've never seen those. Yeah. And I remember looking in the business pages and thinking, what do I want to do when I grow up? Yeah. I mean, what occupations can I take on? And, you know, went to college and changed my major five times. And then one weekend I went to church. And this lady, her name was Kathleen, and she was beautiful. And she showed up that Sunday and she had American Airlines. She had just become a flight attendant Mm -hmm. and she was all decked out, getting ready to go on a trip. And all I thought to myself, Matt, was, oh my goodness, she gets to dress up. She gets to travel the world and get paid for it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Within two weeks, I put in my application. for the airlines and became a flight attendant with American. Yeah. And it was a great experience. It absolutely was not my calling. And, and my parents just backed me in everything. I just wish too, that I had insight of how to look into my gifts and how do I look into those callings and those traits and those Mm -hmm. strengths that I could probably say quite a few years instead of just jumping on that next thing. And that's, so. and that's something that obviously, again, we'll, we'll get to what you're doing today, but I think mm-hmm. that that's a great segue to be able to jump into, you know, how, how do you identify those callings? How do you, how do you know if you're in the right place or if there's, mm-hmm. you know, another, another thing that you're supposed to be, you know, doing with, with your life, any, any advice? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you've, you've taught this to mm-hmm. a lot of people, but, um, but what, what, right. what would be your insight into that? Yeah. um, And backing up just a little bit in that, Matt. So, you know, after that, I just kept, you know, I had incredible jobs after that in surgical and software sales where it was incredible money. And yet I was so empty on the inside and I knew that there was more. And one thing that I, I discovered is that I had been, and I had chosen, actually chosen success over significance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, success is something I think that we do more for ourselves, but significance is how we live for others. Yeah. And, you know, success can even look good to the world on the outside, but if it doesn't really feel good in our heart, is mm-hmm. it really success at all? Yeah. And so through all the roller coaster rides and going around the mountain, one thing that I really discovered in my journey 
when I began reinventing my life, two principles I got a hold of was, was, was that number one, to live differently, I was going to have to really think differently. Mm-hmm. And that secondly, I would only become as good as the questions I asked. And so the two questions that I love to share with people that I think are just so imperative are number one, who am I? And number two, why am I here? And, you know, those aren't supposed to be mysteries. It it doesn't have to be that hard. So those were key. And I stuck into those. And it's so funny, you know, as you begin to get hungry, that's when it just seems like the answers begin to come. But I really believe it's through those questions. And so what I teach people, you know, I kind of have a framework that I'm like, if I have two hours or if I have five days with people, what would it be that I would take them through? And so the first part of that framework is identity. The second part is clarity of purpose and vision. And the third part is execution, because those were the three pieces. Had I known decades before, I could have made a lot quicker headway. You know, clarity of purpose, of course, we we all hunger for that. And that's important because clarity of purpose brings clarity of your priorities and what you're going to put your hands through every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's imperative that we back up. That first question is an even more important question. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Because until you know who you are, are you going to be able to know what you're called to do? And, and you've heard this before, Matt, but it is the truth And that is that nobody can ever outperform their self-worth. I don't care how many goal setting sessions that you've been through, how many conferences that you attend until you know the greatness that resides inside of you and how to tap into that. Are you really going to be able to move into those other places? So, um, so that's part of that. Uh, An interesting example, my husband and I, it was, when was it? In November, we traveled with uh, John Maxwell and 200 of us went to the country of uh, Dominican Republic uh, mm-hmm. for five days. Mm-hmm. And for five days, uh, we, I think it was 37,000 leaders that we trained within wow. those five days. Wow. And all we touched on, Matt, were core values. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you can have all the skills and the gifts and the talents and the education in the world, but if you are not grounded in who you really want to become, so that's what we say. It's not about, you know, what is my purpose and and what am I called to do? How do I get that answer? Mm -hmm. The more important question is who are you becoming? Mm -hmm. So, and it was amazing because we would go into those offices everywhere from the Senate to the police, to universities, to schools, all kinds of organizations And instead of doing teaching where we were just hammering them with information, we had two or three core values that we would sit with them for a few hours Mm -hmm. and we would facilitate them to really sit, identify what does that mean to them and how to implement that in their life. Yeah. And it was powerful to see how much transformation and shifts that would take on the inside when they would say, my goodness, I can be this person and Mm -hmm. this is who I want to be and making that intentional decision to say, this is how I want to show up in the world. So I think that's the most foundational part right there. I I love it. I love it. And and completely agree about core values and establishing them. You you mentioned significance, you know, early on Mm -hmm. in your, in your, uh, you know, that that's sort of what you used to realize that you may not have been fulfilling 
yourself and what you are supposed to be doing. And it's funny that you say that because significance is actually our first core value, find significance. We want yes. to make everyone in our lives feel significant. So we, we invest in multifamily real estate. So all of the members of our communities, we want them to feel you know, significant. We want to you yes. know, pass on that feeling to make sure that you know, they know that they are heard, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily something that, that a lot of you know, typical tenants would, would normally feel in that, in that given situation. Yes. So, so we actually named our company Significan out of, out of that. So, um, oh, we, I love that. So, so we, 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 love when that. we're going through, when we're going through and doing our core values, the first core value was significant. We want everyone to feel significant. So we thought, okay, that's going to be a great name for our company. So started laying out the logo and I was using the scripted font and all I could yeah. see was I can't at the end. So I was like, well, that doesn't work. So let's get rid of the T to become I can. So we became significant. So, so yeah, so, so significance, oh. like as soon as, as soon as you started talking yes. about significance, I was like, oh, this is, I, I could feel this. This is exactly me too. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that is, uh, how original is that? That's yeah. just so much fun. Yeah. I it's, love and, that. And, and it's it's that shift that transformation like once we had that that name mm-hmm. right or that 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 core value you know everything sort of fell in place you know after that and and it mm-hmm. it does impact so many of your decisions and and you mm-hmm. know attracting other people into your company it, you know mm-hmm. it, it impacts your culture and make sure that everybody else is aligned with these core values and that it's it's just hugely it's important huge. Um, yeah what so so you know in your teachings and that Mm-hmm. what what types of transformations have you seen in companies that you know may have been around for a, a while and you know maybe they mm-hmm. went through a core value exercise mm-hmm. but it wasn't really practiced you know maybe it was just something you know we're going to go through and do this exercise and then it was forgotten mm-hmm. about after that mm-hmm. do you do you have any thoughts or experiences that come to mind of a company that was sort of in in that boat and then a company that has you know truly adopted it and and truly uh, embraced you know their core values and and follow that mm-hmm. that type of a uh, of a program do you have any comparison mm-hmm. between those two yeah you know i'm i'm trying to think of the one that would be best to share was recently it was actually at a doctor's office and um we did some, some core values. And then uh, we also went into, you know, and I, I love to talk about the communication piece because, you know, as we both know, the number one problem at every organization, whether it is church, whether it is a huge business, a school or anywhere, the number one problem is always the same. Mm-hmm. And that is that people aren't getting along with each other. And there's yeah. unmet, unmet expectations because perceptions are different. So kind of two pieces to that. And and we went in and we held some of that transformation kind of roundtable experience that we have. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy. And I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. 
You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. And just open it up to communication, Matt. It's just amazing how many people hold everything inside and they think that what they're thinking is how others should be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And it's just not. And so you just kind of have to open it up and create a safe environment that was like, wow. So I, I never, it's funny, like that opening question that you had, one of my favorite opening questions is, is when we're in a business is, you know, share something about yourself that nobody else in here yeah. knows. Yep. And I mean, they were just, it was amazing. It's amazing to start out like that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these are just real people. This yeah. it's just isn't about a task and goals that we have to accomplish every day. This is about real people with real dreams and, and real visions, but the doctor's office. So we did that. And, you know, one of the core values was just listening and so we had them practice that and break into groups and, and then make some affirmations. And then we followed up with them. And then on top of that, and I don't know if we want to segue there, but we also did like two hours of them understanding their traits and their strengths, mm -hmm. their needs of what they needed from the people around them, because it's complete. Every person is different. Yeah. And uh, we went back about a month later and I'll tell you what, they scheduled like 10 more sessions after that, because we can't, you know, until we're aware of something, can we walk in it? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's not about going in there and saying, okay, we're going to change your culture today. It's about how do we take something and really have practical steps to walk it out for a period of time? Because I tell people, I mean, sit down and identify your top core values, mm -hmm. You know, is that your faith? Is it your family? Is it listening? Is it joy, peace? Mm -hmm. Is it integrity? And, you know, everyone says, well, these look good on paper and they'll see it as a mission statement on a wall. But as far as really taking ownership to be that person. So they did like listening for a month and it was incredible the shift that they had in their environment. Yeah. yeah. So I so believe in taking bite-sized things and executing it for a while and then going to the next thing, mm -hmm. especially as an entrepreneur, you're trying to wear so many hats, but you know, and that's one that that's another talk, but there are a lot of things that we need to let go of and then focus on, you know, what's really key here. So. And, and along those lines, I, I'm just curious because I, I suffer with this all the time of, mm. you know, too many hats, so many different things. And, I, and I'm trying to be present for everyone 
you know, in our company and, you know, if someone has a question, yeah. problem or anything like that, you know, I'm going to jump in and I'll, you know, I'll be that person that, that, you know, they can talk to, lean on, get advice from, yeah. or, you know, I might even just direct them, Hey, you know, this person is going to be the person that's going to have the, the, the answer for you. They'll be able to help you. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a, a little bit about what that, what that looks <laughs> like to, you know, determine what, what is important, what's not important and, and, you know, how to mm -hmm. focus your attention on, you know, those things that are, that are important. Yeah. You know, even recently, cause I so get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many good things in the world to do. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and you, you've heard that though. It's like really learning to me as a woman of faith, it's like, but as you've heard the close say, you know, letting go of the good so that you can grab onto the great, but man, what does that look like every right. day? <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> And so there's, there's four strategies that I love to share with everyone. And, and, you know, when they're trying to, when I say take action on what's in your heart and taking that leap of faith, but the one that comes to me, Matt, you know, when I was saying, when I reinvented my life, that we're only as good as the questions that we ask ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But one of them is, is that when we are making decisions, you know, whether that be in relationships or whether that be in business whatever is going on, you know, we often ask ourselves, well, how long is this going to take mm -hmm. if I do this? And that is a fair question. But I think a better question is, a better question is not about, okay, so asking that, so I'm going four different directions, is not how long is this going to take, yeah. but it's how good can I become in whatever I'm doing. So okay. if I'm having yeah. a conversation, if I'm taking a business, it would be, you know, how good can I get if I say, if I do do this? But also asking ourselves, like you're saying, you know, should or I should not do this? Is this right or wrong, good or bad? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, those are not good questions. And that's because there are lots of reasons why you and I should do some things, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll think about a question or something will come on my plate and I'll be like, I don't know, should I or shouldn't I? And I, I'll, I'll go crazy, you know, mm -hmm. with those kind of things. But what I tell people is the only question that you should be asking yourself, you know, in that moment with whatever comes to you is this, if I say yes to this person or yes to this opportunity, is it worth my one life? Mm -hmm. And will it move me closer to my dreams? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just like even today and even you doing this podcast, lots of reasons why I should be here and lots of reasons why I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But being here with you moves me closer to my dreams because I am passionate <laughs> about getting people closer to theirs. Yeah. And yeah. so every day I probably use that question because so many things come and I'm like, if I say yes to that, then there's no way I'll be doing what I know that I was called mm -hmm. to do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a long answer to your no, short question. That was, that. that's, that's fantastic. And, and I mean, it's, it, it is so, so difficult to be able to determine, you know, what you should do or shouldn't do. And I, I really like, I like the mindset of, you know, how good is this going to make me? Is this, you know, is this mm -hmm. going to, you know, put me closer to whatever that dream is? And obviously you have to know what your dreams are in order to be able to determine, yes. you know, should or shouldn't you. So, so that kind of gets back right yeah. to your framework of, you know, uh, defining that first so that you can, you know, be able to make those decisions. Mm -hmm you know, as your, as and your, your core values, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, yep. and your core values. So they're really interlocked right there. One of my core values is, is joy. 
because I know a lot of times on this journey that we have opportunities that, oh my God, this is going to be hard. And I know it's going to be hard, Mm -hmm. but I choose joy no matter what, Mm -hmm. because I know I'm growing. I know it's going to be good, but there are also things that people may ask me to do or me a part of that. I know, you know what, that's really going to challenge me in this area. Yeah. And I'm just not in alignment. So, yeah. And, and do you go through, you know, if, if someone puts an opportunity, uh, you know, across your table, will you kind of go down through your, your list of core values and, you know, just go through and sort of, you know, mentally check off. Yeah. It would help that. It would help that. It would help that. And, and more or less qualify that, that opportunity or whatever that is, is that, is that how you would approach, you know, different situations Absolutely. sort of as a first precursor? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was in the corporate world and in sales for one specific organization, Matt, I mean, they would ask us to do some things that were not ethical to me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. epic integrity is one of my core values. Yeah. So I think it happens and, and, and when you're living it and it becomes a part of you real quickly, you can hammer out a yes or no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Depending on what that is. Or, you know, if I have a group of friends and say, they say, Hey, we're going here tonight. You want to join us? You don't have to drink. Da, da, da. I'm like, no, yeah, because yeah. it's not in alignment with who I am. Yeah. So, and, and I don't want to be a stumbling block. So, so mine are probably a lot tighter than most people, Yeah. but that's just who I am. And I don't I put it. that on, but those are my values. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. So, so talk a little bit about what you, what you do. You know, you mentioned that you travel with John Maxwell and, and mm-hmm. you know, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what you do day in and day out. Right. So my husband and I, we are, we're on faculty for the John Maxwell team. So we train and speak into the lives of over 40,000 coaches, speakers, and trainers uh, internationally. So we've been doing that for the past several years and absolutely love it. It's kind of like there are tribe and there are people, but we also seeing how we need to move out more. And so we have a company called Telesco Leadership. So we do that. And then we also have, like you, a lot of hats. We have Telesco Leadership Group. And my husband is the coaches of Coaches Matt. He could do that all day long, every day. He yeah. he's just takes people to another level. Me, I do more of the speaking and the training. Mm-hmm. I love to speak into the lives of people uh, more from, you know, just different platforms. Mm-hmm. So we have that collaboration that we get to do that together. Yeah. So that, and then I'm getting ready to launch a women's ministry because I love leadership, yeah. but my heartbeat is ministry. Okay. And um, so that's a huge, huge part of what I do too. I love it. I love it. And and so with being exposed to so many different people, again, we touched mm-hmm. on this earlier, so many different people and so many different situations, so many different types of, of companies what would you say seems to be a common stumbling block for a lot of people? You know, obviously we, we've, we've, we've mm-hmm. touched on all of the, you know, the, the core values and all of that, you know, would you say that that's the biggest stumbling block or is there, is there something else that sort of gets in the way and, you know, mm-hmm. might, might stop someone from becoming the person that they're supposed to be, or maybe even taking the first step, you know, in that direction. Maybe they're yeah. they're thinking about doing something, but they, you know, they're they're just not even sure about moving forward at all. Does that does anything come yeah. to mind as far as that? You know, what what you know, comment? Matt. Well, for me myself, and <clears throat> I actually think for most people is 
they may have a vision or an idea, but bigger than that, it's just that belief in themselves, Mm -hmm. that belief that, you know what, could I really do this? Could I really, really pull this off? And, and, and I knew for years that, that God had a special call and that it was going to be speaking, but I was terrified, (laughs) terrified of it. (laughs) And so Oh my, it was awful. I could tell you stories. It was awful. And so, but you know what? Still, there was something inside of me that was much bigger. And it was really, you know, one of my favorite, I I like to tell people, it's not who you believe in that changes your life forever, but who believes in you. Mm -hmm. And I was surrounded by people who believed in me. And I'm so grateful for that. Not that you have to have that, but I highly encourage you (laughs) to that core group of people is huge, you know, but I think the biggest one is just the belief Mm -hmm. And, and the way that I love to encourage people because that biggest gap that we have in all our lives is that gap between knowing and doing, Yeah, you know, and just executing and taking a step and that I liked to home in on those. And so I share those strategies with everyone because that's, what's going to help you cross that threshold of fear, because the biggest enemies of your life and my life are procrastination, perfectionism, and comparison. Mm -hmm. And if we don't go after them with a vengeance, when all those thoughts come in our head, I mean, they'll abort our dreams before we get started. Yeah. So I'm a big person on execution and doing it afraid. And I'm sure that's a common theme that's woven with a lot of entrepreneurs, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people, I, I, I don't think I've ever really heard it put that way, but I can absolutely identify with, with all three of those, those stumbling blocks. You know, oh. You're always, you're always trying to talk yourself out of it. Like oh, maybe that's not a good idea. You know, maybe I shouldn't yes. do this. But you know, you never know until you try, and 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 it, it's it's actually interesting too. Now that now that we're kind of talking about this, mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder if there's something you know we I, I think as entrepreneurs, you know, maybe if this is your first stab, this might not necessarily mm-hmm. apply to you. But as an entrepreneur, you know, I think we're always sort of testing the waters and sort of pushing the boundaries, you know, here and there. Uh, and I, I I'm curious if you've seen any I guess type of correlation where people sort of find their own path, their own way to, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, start Mm -hmm. breaking down the wall because maybe Mm -hmm. something in their personality says, I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. So I'm going to go in this way and, you know, kind of start, start knocking my hole through the wall right there. And then, you know, it sort of blows up from there. I don't even know what my question is with all of that, but I I just, yeah, just sort of resonated with, with, with me that, you know, I never really looked at it that way, but, but you, you kind of start honing in on something and just chiseling away. And then all of a sudden it kind of just blows up. So I don't know, does that, does, I don't even, I don't even know what the question is, but does that resonate? Oh, Matt, so much, so much, because the first thing, because when I did understand my natural strengths and traits, what I, what I learned from that was that, you know what, I need to quit trying to grow in all these areas that I'll never be good at. Yeah. And surround myself with people who my weaknesses are their playground. So that was one thing to relinquish. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that really comes to me that I encourage myself every day and other people is that is to start small and messy. You know what? Create your path of how you do things. There is no cut and dry. And, you know, being in leadership and personal development, holy cow, there are so many things that are 
<laughs> every day, somebody has a new way that you need to do something. Yeah. Somebody yeah. has a new strategy. Somebody is trying to sell you something. And you have to come to that place that I really think if you'll just listen, number one is just to listen to that voice in your heart. Mm -hmm. I call it the nudge. And it will tell you, is this a yes or a no? Nudge. Do I go this way? And does yeah. that path work for me? Because, I mean, there are so many people that say, you know what, y'all should do this, 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 and this. And I'm like going, something inside of me, I mean, how many times did Tom and I made investments because it was the next big shiny thing? And I tell you what, that, it, it, it was not good stewardship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as I practiced and I thought, wow, when I really look back, something inside of me said, do not do that. And I didn't listen. And you know what? We just learned that from practicing listening inside. But, but the other piece of that is, oh my goodness, is really giving kind of the paradox is to giving yourself permission to mess up and make mistakes mm -hmm. and say, you know what, that, and that is something that I wasn't real good at. So what would happen is that fear of perfectionism or whatever that would be, I wouldn't make a decision or I wouldn't move forward in fear of making a mistake. And I was making a decision not to do anything. Yeah. And it held yeah. me back further. And, yeah. and you've heard it a million times that we will learn more from our mistakes than we ever will from our that's failures. That's absolutely true. Yeah. That's and that is true. okay. Yeah. That's how, that's how we're going to do it. And, and, uh, but yeah, that's a huge one. I think starting small and messy and, and just freeing yourself up to do that. It's huge. Mm -hmm. This might, you might draw on your own personal outlook here, but do you feel like there is a, a disposition for people to not want to mess up because they're personally afraid that it's going to mess up their own life? Or is, or do you feel like it's that people are more afraid that people are going to look at me differently if I, if I mess that up, right? You know, so it's- right. You know, is it, is right. it everybody else that's going to come down on me or is it because I truly feel like I may not be able to recover from that or, 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 you know, it's going to really hurt me mm -hmm. if it, if it yeah. you know, doesn't go well. Any, any thoughts? I there? think absolutely. And I think a lot of that too has to do with our wiring for certain per personalities. It will be, oh my goodness, if, if I mess up or if I botch this up, I'm going to be rejected. And that's yeah. huge. That's like, because that fuel and that need system is I need to be accepted. Yeah. Another one might say, oh my goodness, if I mess up because their identity is so in getting everything right and perfect, it's not so much about the people, but they find a lot of their own self-worth in doing thing with, things with such excellence and mm -hmm. sterling precision that it challenges their self-worth. So when you understand the personalities, you understand that the motivations and the stress points are a little bit different, mm -hmm. but either way, they're all rooted in fear, Matt. Yeah. And that's what I, I hate fear because fear is what's holding us back yeah, from, paralyzes, from yeah. really pushing forward and crossing those limits. When I knew that I wanted to speak and I was a Bible, I did a boy, I had a a Sunday school group when my parents pastored, it was a different, it was a cowboy church. And, and I had the youth, man, I remember driving an hour and a half every Sunday. We drove an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. I would be sweating bullets. I had, they were eight to 18, all in the same room of this old portable building. And before we would get there, I just would be sweating. I would be going over what I was going to say. It was awful. And this was just 
a group of country kids from nowhere yeah and that yeah. fear but i had to sh- i showed up every week and and it just began to tear down the walls mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. i joined the john maxwell team and i saw my first motivational speaker his name was nick boich and he had no arms no legs oh and i think i know him on- yeah or I yes, think I've heard of him. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Nick. Yeah. He was the first speaker, uh, motivational speaker I'd ever heard. And when I saw him, my heart leaped. I said, that's what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah. And this yeah. opportunity came up to, to be on stage with John Maxwell. It was like a 10, 10 month process before Tom and I were on faculty. This is years back. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to go all in and I, it was scary. But by golly, if I was not chosen out of over 100 people of top five to speak on stage with John Maxwell in front of 3,000 people, my first time to speak. Yeah. And so that's fantastic. It was, but it was, it was so scary. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? It changed my whole life. Yeah. It changed everything. Yeah. 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 Looking back on that, I'm sure that was the pivotal point that, that, uh, you know, really, yeah. you probably blossomed after that, you know, you, you got over so many fears yeah. and I can do this and you had your own self mm-hmm. proven to yourself that you can do this and, mm-hmm. you know, the competitive side of things, you beat everybody else out. So, so yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was a huge, I'm sure that was a huge step forward for you. This is fantastic. It was. Um, and so, yeah. the, and, and it could be that it's going to be something different from everyone, mm-hmm. but you just, you just have to start. You just, you just have to go because <laughs> yeah, we're never I, ready. I completely, you're never, yeah, you're never that's, ready. You're that's never the ready. thing that everybody needs to realize is that there's never yeah. going to be the right time. There's never going to be, you know, everything's not going to fall in a line you know, perfect to, to, to make that step forward. You just, like you said, you just got to get out right. and do it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Tanya, this has been fantastic. If people want to learn more about you, your services, how would they reach out and get in touch? Sure. Absolutely. Website is tanyatelesco.com. So made it simple. Also, Matt, there is a free download on there. It's called Not Your Passion Guide. And so for people who are maybe looking for clarity and really, you know, how, because I often say that, that people are overwhelmed because they're underpurposed. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't have a lot of stuff to do, but they just haven't got clarity of, of what is that one thing. So really understanding the different types of passions and how to pinpoint what brings you alive this little, that little download will help you get started. So that's available on there, but yeah, uh, tanyatelesco.com. Love it. Love it. Tanya, thank you for the time, the insights and uh, keep changing people's lives. Keep impacting people, which I know you will do. You too. Congratulations. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.